Adam Sanders, and this is Reading Your Bible with a Sinner. Now, it is basically just that. I'm a sinner, and I'm reading the Bible to you. Um, Today, I want to say happy uh, belated Veterans Day to all the vets out there. Um, I myself am a veteran and got to watch some historical pieces about World War II and Vietnam and uh, and veterans who have overcome some really bad PTSD moments right now. Um, and if you are really struggling, please reach out to uh, to anybody. To anybody. Anyways, um, I'm going to be reading out of the MacArthur Study Bible, the one I have. It's a new international version. And you can have whatever... Um, any any Bible you have, um, it's we're it's kind of gonna say the same thing. This is just some words are gonna be alternated, and later on, after we get through this version, I'll buy another uh, version study Bible, and we'll go through that as well. Um, it's never it's always good to be reading the Word, always sharpening that sword, sharpening your mind. Sharpening your soul, your spirit, and your heart. Um, Softening your heart. Anyways, we left off on John chapter 4, and we're going to go on John chapter 5 a little bit before we start. Um, I'm just going to be reading. I'm not going to be really trying to share a whole bunch unless I find something interesting. Um, Also... What I wanted to point out is that I find this interesting. A lot of older Bibles have it where when Jesus speaks, it's in like bold red lettering, which I find interesting. Um, Definitely signifying how crucial and how important it is of Jesus' words and when he speaks in the word. Um, And we learned earlier because he is the word, um, the word turned into flesh. So it's very important when he speaks. And uh, there's also, there's a president. He cut out a bunch of, he cut out his Bible to where it was only Jesus' words, which I thought was very interesting. I want to say it was Roosevelt, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, But yeah, let's get into it. Uh, Sometimes, like I what I like to do before reading, actually, I like to do this every time and I haven't done it, so I'll do it right now, is pray um, just for wisdom and uh, the thankfulness of God and who He is. Um, if you're not a believer, just bear with me. Um, it's always good to pray even if you're not a believer, because here's the issue. If you're not a believer and, you know, it's this is a historical textbook, it's always good to learn. Also, just try it out, man. Like, Let's just try and pray. Have you tried and prayed before? 
Um, I'm not going to urge you to. If you don't want to, and so be it. Just bear with me for a good minute. All right. Thank you, Lord, for this day. And thank you for being able to share your word with people. I thank you for being amazing, almighty, powerful, loving. I thank you for your love, forgiveness, and mercy and grace you shed upon me every day. I thank you for being an all-wise teacher, almighty God, and wonderful creator. We ask that you please share us your wisdom today, Lord, as we go through your word. Um, please uh, enlighten us and open our minds and just receive it. Um, I also pray for this country. I, we're in America, and we need your healing and all around the world with COVID, Lord. Please be with the... Uh, I pray for those families who are suffering. Um, you know, I love you, Lord, and I thank you for all that you do. Thank you for the opportunity that I have right now. It's your name I pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. Let's get into it. Chapter 5 of John it is the healing at the pool. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is, now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for th 38 years. Oh, he's been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up! Pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the... Oh, we did it on the Sabbath. It's not good. Okay, so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and the law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. You know, that is... It's hard to disagree with that, you know. The guy who just healed you tells you to do something. You're probably going to do that. Performing miracles. So they asked him, who is the fellow who told you to pick up the walk? Who, who told you to pick up, up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Ooh, sneaky. Verse 14. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are all well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who made him well. Authority of the Son. So when I say these, like the authority of the Son, these are uh, subtit or subtitles that I'm reading off. So the, the authority of the Son, verse 16. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work, 
to this very day. And I am too, I too am at work or am working. My goodness gracious, I'm sorry. Verse 18, for this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making him equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whether the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. And yes, he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Beautiful. I like uh, I like the earlier verse because I have a son. So the father, because uh, whatever the father does, the son also does. It's pretty pretty accurate when you have children. Very accurate. All right, verse twenty four. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and now, and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who will hear will live. For the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing, I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself but him who sent me. Sorry, getting a little raspy there. All right. Testimonies about Jesus. Verse 31. If I test about if I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies in my favor, and I know that his testimony about me is true. You have sent to John, and he has testified to truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have testimony weighter than that of John for the, for the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I am doing, testify that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form. Nor does this world dwell in you, for you do not believe this one he sent. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. 
These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me and have life. It's very true. If you go back in a lot of the Old Testament, a lot of the prophets, man, Jesus lived those prophecies. I do not accept, so verse 41, I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I've come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me, but in someone else comes in his own name. You will accept him. How can you believe since you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from only God? That's true. We accept. Uh, we try to get acceptance from ourselves, from each other. more truer now that we live in a time with social media and we just try to get acceptance from each other or even the acceptance of being mean I don't know but uh, man I love the truth okay how can you believe since you accept a glory from one another but not seek that glory that comes from from only God. So yeah, you shouldn't seek, we should definitely not seek glory from one another. What is our glory? It's nothing really. All right, verse 45. But do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your, accuses, your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? Dang, Jesus laying it down. Here we go, a famous story. Jesus feeds the 5,000, and this is chapter 6, verse 1. Sometimes after, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, as it was parenthesized. Verse 2, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw, they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in his mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wage to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. That is a lot of people. Goodness gracious, a lot of people. I think half half of a year's salary to feed just this crowd. Eight, another of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Goodness, that's, that's a crowd. Verse 11, Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed it to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all, when they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing get let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. 
after the people saw the sign of Jesus perform, Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is a prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Wow. They knew they were going to make him royalty, and that wasn't the plan. So he withdrew to the mountain. Jesus walks on water. Verse 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake of Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on water. And they, I'm sorry. And they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake, realized that only one boat had been there, and that Jesus had not entered it with the disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, that, that's how you know it's a big crowd when the whole crowd doesn't even know Jesus and his disciples just slipped away. Sorry. They got into the boats and went to Capernaum to search for Jesus. The lake they asked him, oh, I'm sorry, Jesus, the bread of life, verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, where did you get, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. But on, oh, I'm sorry. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Kosher. Terrible joke, sorry. 28. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What signs then will you give that they may see it and believe you. What will you do? Our ancestors are the manna, ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is the Father who has given you. I'm guessing the bread. True bread from heaven. Ooh, true bread. It's not really emphasized, but it's interesting that he explains that it's true. Verse 33, For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. 
All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those who he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father will for my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at that last day. At this, the Jews there began to grumble about Him, because He said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can He say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at that last day. It is written in the prophets, They will be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from Him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna and the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Powerful and crazy stuff right there. Um, We'll learn later when they do the Last Supper uh, what he means by the flesh and his blood right before his sacrifice. Um, But anyways, powerful and crazy stuff. Verse 52, Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at that last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the Father, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on him will live because of me. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Man, chapter 6, getting intense with Jesus. Uh... Going at the going at the Jews at the synagogue. Many disciples desert Jesus. Verse 60. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was born? before the spirit gives life the flesh counts for nothing the words i've spoken to you they're full of the spirit and life 
Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the, from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, Iscariot, who thought one of the twelve was later to betray him. Excuse me. Let me get more water real quick. That is the end of chapter 6. As it was long, it was packed filled with crazy stuff. Miracles. Jesus going at the Jews in the synagogue about how they don't believe him. Jesus slipping away from the giant crowd. I thought that was the funniest part. I would do the same thing. Probably. Especially after he fed them and everything. And spoke to them. What else is there? You know, they're just going to follow him. All right. Let's go into chapter 7. Jesus goes to the festival of the tabernacles. Of tabernacles. Whew. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But then, I'm sure, after the wait, uh, he let him have it. All right, verse 2. But when the Jewish festivals of the tabernacles were near, Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even in his own brothers, for even his own brothers did not believe in him. Therefore Jesus told them, My time is not yet here, for you any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify that it works are evil. You go to the festival. I am not going up to the festival because my time is not yet full, has not yet fully come. After he has said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, his after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were waiting, watching for Jesus and asking, Where is he? Among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, he is a good man. Others replied, no, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Verse 14, Jesus teaches at the festival. Not, not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, 
My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who has sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teachings come from the God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does not does so to gain personal glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent me is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? Dang, coming right out and saying it. Love it. No fear. I mean, when people are plotting to kill you, are you going to go up to them? I'm like, why are you plotting to kill me? How would you even know? You're demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all amazed. Yet, because Moses gave you circumcisions, although, actually, it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Not if a boy can be circumcised. I'm guessing um, that was in parentheses, though, though, actually. I'm guessing it comes from around that time. In that area, people were thinking Moses was giving out circumcisions. So that's why Jesus said that. Okay, anyways. You circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken... Why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Interesting. Jesus doesn't even say stop judging, but judge correctly. All right. Division over who Jesus is. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, Isn't this the man who are trying who uh, isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is, speaking publicly, and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him, because I am from him. He sent me. At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. Still many in the crowd believed in him. They said, When the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time, and then I'm going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go, and what to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come? On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, a scripture has said, 
Rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified in his death. On hearing his words, I had the death part, but I mean, that's what that means. Since Jesus hadn't been, hadn't been sacrificed as a sacrificial lamb for us. That's what it means by glorified, is what I'm assuming. Um, anyways, verse 40. On hearing his word, some of the people said, Surely this man is a prophet. Others said, He is the Messiah. Still others asked, How can the Messiah come from Galilee? Did not Does not the scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Beth, Bethlehem to the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided. Ooh. And from Bethlehem, the town where David lived. Oh, guess who was born in Bethlehem? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. But this mob that has, that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who had one of their own number, asked, Does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he is doing? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Look into it, and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. Okay, that is the end of chapter 7. I wonder why prophets don't come out of Galilee. I wonder if it was in the Old Testament. Something I don't know. <coughs> Alright, we're 30 minutes in. I think we can get through chapter 8. Yeah, we can definitely get through chapter 8. Um, before we start chapter 8, I have something in the heading uh, that's not a subtitle, but it says, The earliest manuscripts that many other ancient witnesses do not have, John 7, verse 53, and chapter 8, verse 11, through chapter 8, verse 11. A few manuscripts, including these verses, wholly or in part, after John... 7 verse 36 John 21 verse 25 Luke chapter 21 verse 38 or Luke chapter 24 24 verse 53 Man how do we not have this why So um I'm, I I don't know if you're Bible is going to have this in it, but here we go. This is italicized, and uh, it goes actually from verse 53 of John to, and then it goes, eight. so yeah, so after look into it, you'll find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee, verse 53, when they all, then they all went home. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and this is verse 1. So after they all were talking, they all went home next. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. This is chapter 8. At dawn, verse 2, At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commanded us to, to stone such women. 
Now, what do you say? They were using the question as a trap in order to have basis for accusing him. But Jesus went down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he strained up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who began to go at this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones the older ones first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus strained up and asked her, "Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you?" "No one, sir," she said. "Then neither do I condemn you," Jesus declared. "Go now and Leave your life of sin. Dispute over the testimony. Verse 12. So yeah, all that was italicized, which is interesting. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of the world. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your own your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from and where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me, and your own law is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I'm the one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, Who is your Father? You do not know me or my Father? Jesus replied, If you knew me, you would know my Father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Dispute over who Jesus is. Verse 21. Once more Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and I will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that what he, why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are, you, are from, you are from below, I am from above. You are, the, this, you are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your own sin. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die of your sin. In your sins. Who are you? They asked. Just what I have been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy. In what I have heard from him, I tell the world. They did not understand what he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know. Th- that I am he and that I do nothing on my own but speak just what the father has taught me the one who sent me is with me he has not left me alone for I always do what he pleases what I always do what pleases him 
Even as he spoke, many believed in him. Okay, let's go on to... Okay, I'm sorry. Dispute over whose children Jesus' opponents... Dispute over whose children Jesus' opponents are. Verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendant. Yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. Now I'm telling you that I've seen in the father's presence and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father. They answered, if you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the words, works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The, f the only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He, want, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of my sin? Or guilty of sin, I'm sorry, not of my sin, of sin. If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not, you do not belong to God. Jesus claims about himself. Verse 48. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and a demon and demon possessed? I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. At this they exclaimed, now we know that you are demon possessed. I'm sorry. Now we know you're demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never ta taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Again. Sorry, I have allergies. I have a tickle in the back of my throat. This is verse uh, 
Um, middle of, or we'll start beginning in verse 53 again. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim as your son, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet fifty years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham? Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up the stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Crazy. How the truth can upset people to the point that they want to kill you. That's intense. And the truth doesn't have to be sugar-coated. It doesn't have to be anything but blunt. Tough love is what truth is. Well... That has been John chapter 5 through chapter 8. We'll begin chapter 9 next episode. We're about 45 minutes in. I think this is a good stopping place. Again, thank you for sitting here and reading with me. Um, I haven't, I've read through John quite a bit. It's always good to read stuff again, just like watching TV over again. You miss some things. Um, but after John, we'll get into, I believe, Ephesians is next. Um, and. Oh, I'm sorry, Romans, and I don't think I've really read Romans. So, yeah, that'll be fun to read together. Um, how many chapters are in 9 or in John? While I'm looking, um, thank you again for your support, your listening. If you're listening to this, um, I should have began saying that you should go listen to the first one, but I'm sure people will know. Yeah, so we got... 21 chapters and we're on chapter 9 on the second episode so we'll get through this easy breezy within a few more probably a good four podcasts I think I don't know maybe more but um, always search for the truth always search for the light and this is what we're doing in here on this podcast Um, I'm a sinner you're a sinner we're all sinners and uh it's come to my understanding, my belief that because of Jesus, we don't, uh, we are free from those sins, like he explained earlier in the chapters. Um, if you're not a believer, I would like to say it's okay, but it's up to you. You know, you're 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 your own person. Nobody's gonna tell you what to think, and nor should anybody tell you what to think. Um, my only advice is search for the truth. Um, if you're still searching for the truth, search for God. Um, and what do you have to lose, really? It is my that's what I that's what I thought when I did my searching is what do I have to lose? I have nothing to lose. All I have is to gain. Because here's what you're doing: you're you're gaining knowledge along the way. But thank you for listening, and uh, I'll see y'all again next time. This has been reading the podcast with the center. I've been your center, Adam Sanders. Y'all have a good day.
Thank you.